Okay, something happened to us this past holiday season that has not oh, happened man. to us for 20 years. Yep. You know what I'm about to say? Yep. What we're talking about? Yep. Take it away. What happened? For the first time, we didn't have all three of our kids uh, at the holidays. And so this Thanksgiving, we were missing our oldest uh, who was on set today. This is our kitchen, but on set, <laughs> uh, our 19 year old had to stay back and work on his job. Work at- had to work. It was such a moment for me as a parent, because I'm so proud of him that he has a job that he's faithful to it. I mean, I, I don't want to brag, but he's been promoted to shift manager. <laughs> um, and that yeah, he's, he's incredible. responsible, but at the same time, it was a little gut wrenching. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I suggested that I pay him the same amount. That he was going to make not. his job. I was like, well, I'll just pay you. And then you can just come to oh Thanksgiving. Gosh, but, he's, uh, he's, he's a good man. He's my son. That, that, he yeah. didn't, that he didn't take us he up on it. He wasn't doing that, yeah. It's, so the, our season of parenting is very unique right now. And I just cannot even quantify how quickly our season changed. It, I feel oh, like man. we had toddlers yesterday. I felt like we were like talking about what it's like to, to, to discipline and to train them and to shape their identity, blah, blah, blah. And here we are. Our topic today is adult children, is what it's like becoming parents Oof. of adult children. Obviously, our oldest son is 19. Yep. He graduated this past year. So this is his first year out of high school. He is still living at home, working a job and a half. Um, and has a girlfriend who he's been dating for a year who I really like. I think she's just a great girl. Um, so that's our oldest son. Our second son is 17, junior in high school, just turned 17. And our baby girl is 14, a freshman in high school. So we are just at the very beginning of this transition to adult children, which I think makes for a perfect time to talk about it because it is so fresh and real. And if, just in case anybody saw the title of this episode, I'm like, oh, I would love to learn how to do that. This is not a how to be a parent <laughs> of adult children. It's here's the thoughts that we are thinking as we move into this season. Yeah. And it's, um, the word hu- humiliated com- comes to mind and, 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 and that's probably the wrong usage, but but maybe it's more authentic. It's, I think there is a, a deep, um, humbling in the process of recognizing um, as your kids get older, you are reminded of your weaknesses. You're reminded mm. of things you didn't do great. Just as they got older, I was like, because I was reminded of that like all throughout my parenting. Yeah, but career. meaning like as they get older, they can they can communicate it to you. Oh, they'll for sure. say it to you. Yeah, you know, like they're yeah. like now aware. They've been out in the world enough to know like, oh, my parents weren't good at that, or oh, we didn't really take enough time to talk about that. And you're like, oh yeah. I could, I, I would try to remember everything to talk about, but yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and those are humiliating moments where as a parent, and I, I'm sure people who see this title, I don't know if we put the titles up on the podcast, but are like, oh, that'll be great. But it's not, it's not great. There's nothing really great about it other than you love these humans with all your heart. And it's such a privilege to be their parents. But, you know, you got to buckle your seatbelts and prepare for the chapter that we are in. Here's a chapter of going, oh my word. So much of of uh, what we thought was like pretty good parenting, you're like, oh wow, it had some things missing and some deficiencies, and that's, uh, I guess, very private and personal. Okay, yeah, but to I, share, but. yeah, but don't sell ourselves short. I mean, okay. I, <laughs> I, I won't. 
<laughs> I think I'm a pretty level-headed person probably until it comes to my kids and I'm absolutely a biased mom. I think our kids are just the best in the whole world and I world. I like who they are as humans. So do I. Um so I mean I hope every parent is that way maybe. I think I'm realistic. Well, about I didn't our think kids. we were discussing my comments were not on how our kids are and how much we love them as how we are and yeah, I think as parents true. Uh, in this title is embracing a new chapter and, and it's all great and all and embracing this chapter, but the embracing of it can be difficult because you're reminded of a lot of the things you didn't do totally right. Wow. I don't feel that way. I don't feel reminded of the things we haven't done right. Maybe that's just me. I, <laughs> I looked at our insurance me. coverage today with our oldest and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> well. I don't know. I just think they're, yeah, that's how it feels for me when I hear you talk about embracing this new chapter and parenting adult children it, it, it seems uh not in a bad way but in a good way just kind of like wow yeah i i uh didn't keep the ball in the air the whole time i did drop the ball at times and mm. that's how i feel yeah but i think you're an amazing dad and you have been all the way along and nobody expects perfection and yeah i mean true. i'm way more of a perfectionist than you are but yeah i look at the balls we've dropped and like yeah but i mean our goal We've said this so often in raising kids is actually that we're not raising kids. We are trying to raise, raise adults. adults yeah. We are raising ch children, humans who we know who are going to be adults. And that was our theme. That was our yeah, theme. We'd say is. that we'd say that often. Hey, how is this going to affect their adulthood? When yep. We would talk to them about things. It was, hey, we're telling you this now because when you're an adult, it will matter because yep. X, Y, Z. And so we talked about maybe our standard was really low, but we're like, yeah, we want to raise adults who are contributing citizens, who are respectful, who love Jesus and love other people. I mean, that was pretty much our standard. Yeah, totally. And so far, I'd say we're one for one. Yeah, with good adult point. With adult kids, he's a contributing citizen. I'm starting citizen. to feel a lot better. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the emotions for me in this season, gosh, you're so good. They've been way more selfish. They've been way more just feeling the loss of... An amount. There's, There's a puppy. A loss of an amazing season that was of raising children. That was yeah. us raising them, and now realizing mm. we are not raising our son anymore. We are yeah. consultants to our son. We are counselors to our son, but we are not raising him in the same way anymore. And, I agree. And that means you don't have control over him anymore. Like saying you have to come to Thanksgiving. Like yeah, I tried. I know. I, I Like you tried to bribe him. I tried to be like, please, we're going to be so sad. I probably tried a little bit of emotional manipulation. Oh, no. <laughs> all the things, all the things that we resort to. Um, yeah, it is emotional. And I, I, I guess I'd be hoping for listeners or people who are going through this or about to go through it or have, have gone through it to take a moment to even acknowledge and communicate with your spouse, which obviously this is the first time you and I are doing it. By the way, it's been such a busy week. Oh my word. I'm really happy to be sitting here yeah. talking with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just arrived before these cameras got turned on from a meeting this morning yeah. and I'm like, oh man, yeah, it's gonna, at least we know if we keep this podcast going, we will have meaningful conversations every right? now and again. And at least we know for sure now that you actually do go attend your meetings with four buttons unbuttoned, so. Stop, I can't. <laughs> I was in a meeting and I did notice a few people like looking down. I was like, what are you like, looking at? I was like, oh man. You, you did the whole meeting with your shirt unbuttoned that well, that low. Yeah, I, I am it. an integrated man. I am consistent in all <laughs> settings. Uh, yeah, I did. I don't, I don't even think about it. I think I have so much chest hair, I don't even 
feel the uh, <coughs> open you, you air. Don't even, you don't even feel the breeze. No, I'm numb to it. So, so speaking, yeah, speaking yeah. of chest air, yeah, our 17 year old is getting so much chest air. It's so really speaking of adult hair. children so and hair. hair. Yeah, yeah, let's so not get much into body details. hair. Yeah. Yeah. We won't get into the deep details. So I'm glad to sit around and talk about the emotions of raising adult kids because it too. is emotional. And I think there are probably moments in these last few months where you and I are feeling emotions about this change that probably mm. come out in other ways. Yeah. And I don't think that's totally the healthiest. Yeah, probably not. Um yeah, I, I totally agree. But I, I'm excited. I'm excited to dig in and get into this. And I hope that we share um, some some concepts and ideas and stuff that, that translates to uh, a lot of individuals out there. Okay, so this is going to surprise you. Or families. I asked Zion, yeah. who is our 19-year-old our son, I said, okay, what's the best thing we've done and the worst thing that we've done? You did? Uh-huh. Cool. Trying to prep for this podcast. He just happened to walk down. I was like, well, I may as well ask him. Interesting, he didn't have a worst. What do you mean? He didn't, I said, no, not in parenting, but in this transition season of oh, transitioning him, in this chapter of transitioning him into adulthood. Really? Yeah. Which normally he'd be the kid who'd be like, oh gosh, this and that. And, um, you know, he's not one to just say nice things for the sake of yeah, saying point. nice things. So he didn't, he didn't have a worse. Oh, that's exciting. Right? Okay. Isn't that good? I love that. Um, so he didn't have a worse, but he did have a best. What was it? It was, you know, it's been really great that you guys, and obviously he's still living at home, but this would be very different if he, we'd moved him off to college. I would have been a wreck. Um, so he's, he's still living at home, working working a job and paying rent and you know trying to adult in this season of life. Um, but he said, it's been great that your guys' expectations for me have adjusted. Like you don't expect me to be at family dinner anymore. And even with Thanksgiving, like you know that I'm now trying to live my own life and care of my own responsibilities. And that Whoa. you guys have been okay with that. Oh, I feel so encouraged. Right? Thank you. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. It's amazing. And one of the things I think we did do right was right after he graduated high school, we sat him down, we gave him his graduation present. And then we just had an open communication of, hey, Zai, you're about to be an adult. And because you're not going off to college, you're you're going to still be living at home because rent in the places we live is extremely expensive. And we want you to be able to save money and get, get ahead on life. Good night. Don't waste money at round rent when you can live at home where we still pay for groceries and shampoo and body wash and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. so there is that. And, but we had a great conversation. If you remember sitting outside on that, on that patio, that coffee shop and oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that I always think that you've been so good at in parenting that was exemplified here is being honest with our kids about where we're at mm. and not putting up a fake facade of that we know everything and that we have it all together and that we are perfect, but communicating that. And you remember that conversation? We just, we said, hey, what are, let's talk about expectations now that you are a graduate living at home. What's that going to look like? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, it was very meaningful. I mean, again, it's also, uh, you know, the, the the vulnerability that comes with uh, this chapter of parenting is is wild because you don't know exactly what what's going to be said. And um, I also think that our candor was motivated probably by this idea that, you know, even your your own children relate more to your weaknesses than your strengths. And I felt like if we could continue in each particular successive chapter, show them our weaknesses, that there would be a bonding almost. They'd be like, oh, well, if dad and mom are willing to share, then I'll share mine. And and um, 
And whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it is that we're going through, we can do it together. I can, I can feel safe here. I can come and bring my full self. Mm-hmm. I can put my weaknesses on the table. And uh, we, we definitely, you know, there was some intentionality around that because we wanted that chapter of his life, which is well and truly begun. We wanted it to begin that way. That's such a good point because truly one of our desires for this chapter in our relationship with our oldest son is that he would still keep coming to us for advice. Yeah. Like that is a dream of parents of, you know, this, I don't even know what it's called, young adulthood. Yeah, early adulthood. Early adulthood, young adulthood, (laughs) 18 to 22, is that we want our children to still come to us for advice. Yeah. That we aren't in a position, hopefully we have done it well, where we aren't sitting around still telling them what to do, but that we have walked out the relationship in such a way that they could still come to us and ask questions. And I hadn't thought about it the way you just said it, which is so potent and powerful, that if we're willing to share our weaknesses and maybe things that we don't know and things that are confusing to us, that that could cultivate a relationship with our son where he feels like he can come to us and say, hey, I don't know about this. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? What's what's going on here is a really amazing result of that willingness. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, one of the reasons Zion is doing that, or hopefully our other kids will as well, is I, I think you're very tactile, um, very much a problem solver. But with that propensity and with that capacity, you've you've yielded it and wielded it wisely. You've you've not just given answers, even though I can look at you and go, I think she knows exactly in three steps how to fix this for this person. But you've been willing to resist that urge and just listen. And, and process with them. And and by the way, that's development, right? I mean, this chapter, you're trying to raise an adult, not a kid. A kid, you tell them what to do. An adult, you you listen and you strategize and you you add strategy to the conversation. Well, what do you think? And what's your inkling? What's your instincts telling you? And, and um, I mean, if I could be so bold, I feel like in a lot of ways, that's how our heavenly father functions. Mm. You know, there's this, there's this back and forth. There's this interaction and relationship. And I think a lot of the errors that are that are done is parents get really stuck, 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 and stuck. <laughs> um, kind of their 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 only role, which is a very necessary role in a particular chapter, is you tell them what to do, you force them what to do. Oh my gosh, you, you pick them up them, and you, you tell them. them up, I mean, t- yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, and it you gets are- pretty. You got, we have to admit, as parents, it gets very um, uh, habit. You know, it becomes very habitual. It's like, I'm just going to pick them up. And just because they turn 19 and graduate high school, those urges don't go away. But you suddenly are like, oh, wait, I can't just pick them up. And like, you know, like you said, which I appreciate Zion saying. But yeah, you just want to be like, oh, no, 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 just come on Thanksgiving. We'll just work it out. We'll make it work. Like you want to pick them up and carry them there. And that's just not the chapter one. It's like we want to take our life experience and just like give it to them in a, I think in a good way. And by the way, thank you for what you just said that I don't always tell them what to do. That's one of the biggest compliments you could give me because, yes, yes, because you know that's not easy for me. It's um, not. You know that's something that I've I've, that's why I say, I've yeah. worked on. So the fact that that means a lot. But it's like we want to take all of the pain and everything that we've had to earn the hard way. That's right. We want to just give it to them and cram it down their throats. And it's like, totally. do this, no, this, no, no, don't do this. And go around this, go above this, don't go through this. And no. don't you think that works for some things, but other things there are just areas of life that they have to discover and grow for and find out and learn for themselves. But how do we balance that? And how do you, cause you do want to protect your kids from harm. You do want to set, we do want to set them up financially and help them make good financial, all those things. 
to try to give them a head start, but then that can so easily become doing it for them and not letting them become independent, functioning, contributing citizens who love Jesus and love others. Yeah, such a great comment and, of course, a great question. And, and my response is inherently theological. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to apologize for that, but I want to add a caveat. You know, we are a, a pastoring in a, a local community of faith. It's not the only thing we do, clearly, but um, it's one of the things that we definitely are most passionate about. And so it's very easy for me to give answers and responses that are so anchored to the divine and how I see God. And I don't know, I, I think if I was all knowing and omnipresent and, you know, omniscient, all knowing, mm. all present, um, all and powerful, all powerful, omnipotent. Like I start using all the terms. <laughs> omnipotent. Some, I think this one. Omnipotent is, I, I enjoy it. I, I prefer, think it's a little more than I, omnipotent. I prefer omnipotent. Do That's you? how we sang it in the songs. The, I can't remember the song. Anyway, continue. I'm going to lose my train of thought. I'm telling you. Yep. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think God is so long suffering. Mm. And uh, God in our partnership, he does not merely just tell us what to do. There's a time where you're on a cliff and God's like, no, you know, we all understand those extreme cases. But in most cases, God is like very long suffering, gracious. And I think um, there is a king and I believe in him and he is God. I think sometimes we want to be the God of our children. Mm. And I mean, I, I want to be my own God. I want to be my marriage God, but I want to be the parenting God too. And I want to be Zion's God. I want to be Elliot's God. I want to be Grace's God. <laughs> sometimes I want to be God for their friends and I want to be oh God for their love interest. And You, you know, just, just feel like I could just make this better for yeah, you, easier for just, you. Let me just, all right, just, let me just fix it. I'm going to fix everything, you know? Yeah. And to what end? And, and is that the best route? And I would argue for anyone listening and certainly for ourselves that though you might get initially the outcome you think is necessary and needed, but I, I don't think there is a development and a maturation that we all need as humans. What do you think as parents is the heart posture or the internal thinking and processing that we need to cultivate and develop in ourselves so that we can not try to play God for our adult children. By the way, I love what you said. That is such a powerful thought that think about how amazing and wonderful God is in all of his wisdom compared to us in that he doesn't sit around and tell us what to do for every detail of our lives. He, he, he directs us, he's involved, he wants relationship, but he, he and rarely almost, overrides. He rarely the overrides. And he almost lets us set the pace in terms of the relationship, which is really amazing. And, Crazy. And, and <laughs> right. What we're trying to do as parents is let, you know, let our son determine how much does he want from us. But back to my original question, what do you think is a hot heart posture that parents of adult children need to be able to do that? Because it's not easy. I think it's two sides of a coin. And it's availability and humility. Um, I think both those things are imperative. The humility probably informs the availability as opposed to um, arrogance and opinion or self-sufficiency and um, certainty. I think self-sufficiency and certainty is, is very, um, can be very deflating for young adult children. 
it's like, no, 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 I knew in 1978, I did this and and used it. It's like, dad, you don't. One of my favorite things to do Mm -hmm. with our kids, because I think it's honest, is tell them I can't imagine. I literally can't imagine having a developing body and a developing brain in the middle of the technological boom and social media, internet, and soon to be uh, Mm -hmm. AI, which is going to change the world as we know it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being my daughter right now and being 14 years old and going to high school with those dynamics in play. High school yeah. was hard enough in 1995 and 6 and 7. Started in and now here we are and they are heroic. Yeah. I, I think a lot of young adults today are heroic. Mm-hmm. To be a contributing citizen as a young adult in this climate, in this culture, in this world, wherever you are on this planet, I think you're heroic and you're amazing. And I think we always felt, even as youth pastors, when our kids were little babies, but we were yeah. taking care of teenagers, was this idea of, man, if there's a way we could tell young adults all over the world that we think they're heroic and amazing, that'd be great. Well, mm-hmm. we just, we thought, well, if we didn't do a good job of that, we'll do a good job with our kids. So yeah. I think I think humility and availability, meaning humility is like, listen, I actually don't know, but I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I love that you gave that analogy. I think it's choosing, making a choice to respect our kids mm. and respect our adult children. It's a great way to say it. They are. Yeah. Um, it's so, to me, it's so intuitive in marriage. I know your weaknesses, but I know your strengths. And I can't tell you how many times in a given day I have to make a choice. Am I going to focus on Judah's weaknesses right now or I'm going to focus on his strengths? What am I, am I going to get annoyed at the little things or am I going to celebrate the big, amazing things? Yep. And as you're saying that, I'm realizing that's actually a discipline, an exercise that we need to do with our son right now yep. is to choose to celebrate the amazing parts about him instead of focusing and fixating on huh, the things that he's still young and immature and a 19-year-old boy in and yeah. really focus, well fostering that respect for them because it actually is genuine. And here's the thing, if it's not genuine, your kids are going to feel it, right? Oh, man. Like, but it is a genuine, oh, sorry to spit. That's gross. Um, I didn't see it. No, oh, that's nice. <laughs> just got on my paper. Um, it is a genuine respect we have for who our kids are. Yeah. And for what they're going through, facing, fighting, how they, how incredibly they have developed in this world that is so different than the yep. world we grew up in. And, and maybe you are also speaking to familiarity, um, mm. which, uh, breeds a level of contempt of sorts it meaning um take each other for granted you assume things you presume things you answer questions they're not asking you tell them what to do when they're looking for someone to talk to um because you are familiar and and there is that lack of respect but zion at 19 is really his own young man and and we are here to be available but but he well and truly can start making decisions for himself. And and when he makes decisions to be near to us and to communicate with us oh. and to walk with us, um, treating that with a level of celebration that would we would give to anybody else. Oh. Frankly, that yeah. we gave to 19-year-olds in our youth ministry. Yeah, and that is an advantage that we've had. The first time Zai called me to ask for relationship, for relationship advice, he's like, Mom, this is what's happening with my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. What do I do? I was on cloud nine. I like, but I like, <laughs> right. I was like, Judah, sign just call. I'm like trying to play it cool. But you know what? I think another heart posture that parents need in this season that we've had to find is Jesus help us not finding our identity 
and not finding our own personal sense of worth in the apparent success or lives, demise or lives of our adult children. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I've told this story so often when our oldest Zion was probably two or three. I think I was pregnant with Elliot, so he must have been two and a half. And we were sitting on the front row at church. Remember, this is your parents were the pastors. We were youth pastors at that point. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting on the front row, packed auditorium, and Zion started flipping out. Your dad was preaching. And it was so it was like a it wasn't like a loud moment. It was a quiet moment. And Zion started throwing a two-year-old tantrum. And I got so embarrassed. Like, you know, when you just want to crawl into your skin and absolutely die. Crawl into your skin. You're yeah. already, you already crawl, crawl under the crawl. pew. Crawl under the pew or out of your Crawl skin. Crawl into your skin. I like that. I never heard that before. <laughs> you know That's what? a new one. <laughs> I'm so right. bad. Drink a little more Celsius on that note. All right. <laughs> I'm so bad at, um, what are they called? Sayings? Cliches? Cliches. Yes. Yeah. I'm really bad at cliches. Yes, I just need to, to attempt to stop. But who cares? Cliches, You're good but... at a lot of other things. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so I wanted to crawl under the pew. Yeah. Crawl out of my skin. Because I'm so embarrassed. I'm thinking, oh. All the parents are going to take their kids out of the youth ministry right now. If we can't even control our own son, how how are people how are parents going to trust and bring their youth? Back? And so I like picked him up, and there was that side door, and he's like, it's like a pickup where like his arms are flailing on one side and his legs are flailing on the other side behind me, and you're just like grabbing onto his waist, and he's flailing. <laughs> and I went out the door to just like you know I was going to let him have it, and I, the voice of God and the Holy Spirit. I hear him sometimes it's not always but this was one of those very clear, clear moments. moments of god speaking to me and he just said to me chelsea do not discipline him out of your embarrassment right now that that's never going to be a good thing wow. for him and wow. I, I think that has helped carry me throughout all of our kids yeah that we will never react to them in a way because we feel like they're making us look, look bad. bad yeah this has been a new reiteration for that of being proud of our kids and loving them. And who cares what anybody else in the world thinks about our kids and how they are in this season? Yep. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think if you want to embrace, I love this word, embracing a new chapter, hmm. parenting adult children. Um, man, if you take that ego Oof. of how my kids make me look into this chapter. I have something on my pants. It is. Oh, you sure do. Huh, that's awkward. Well, I was getting into a very good point. I know. But that's like, yeah, it's like chalk. So interesting. Sorry about that. Um, No, I'm just, just glad it's not on my pants. I know, you'd be freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I just I said it so you, didn't, so you didn't freak tape, out. Tape, you know. Um, no, I, I Let think. Let go of ego. Yeah, just very few things would be more toxic Mm-hmm. and more detrimental. Detrimental? What did I say? Detrimental? Yeah, I did a lot of talking last night. So uh, <laughs> detrimental to, to the relationship than um, really really both, both approaches. Making your ego how great your kids are, uh, which by the way, if you take credit with how great they are, then you got to take credit yeah. with yeah. You know, their challenging seasons. And, but if you're, if you're willing to go, they belong to God ultimately. And we are temporary stewards. Um, and the day's going to come. Our kids are going to have kids. How they raise those kids is going to be interesting for sure. But it doesn't directly always reflect us. They are their own humans. And I know for a fact, I love my mom and dad. You love your mom and dad. 
but there are decisions we have made about our own kids that really yeah. have very little to do. Sometimes it has a lot to do with what your parents did back when you were in their home, but sometimes it doesn't. And so I don't think it's incredibly accurate. I think it's a little bit fictitious to think your kids are this direct reflection of your good or your bad. They are their own human and they belong yeah. to God. Yeah. And detaching from that uh, seems to be almost completely healthy. Yeah. I mean, like I'm being proud of your kids is amazing, amazing. And, and celebrating that and celebrating them and expressing that being proud of them. Like yeah. that, that's probably such a fine line, like being proud of them, but not letting our identity or our ego or our worth being tied to their performance. Yep. Like uh, our, our son who's playing basketball right now, he has a good game. How many, okay, uh, Elliot had a good basketball game the other night. How many people have you personally told his stat line to? Not enough, oh. but a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm on, I'm on a solid 10 probably. Oh yeah, easily, easily 10. I didn't know we were thinking of those small numbers. But oh, yeah, 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 you're exactly. like not enough. It's like, I wanted to tell 20 people. Like, no. because we're so proud of him. And I will talk so about, proud. like, I will talk about ourselves awkwardly in conversations to talk about how great our kids are. Like, I love them, love so, them much. so much. And I want to be proud of them. And I think that's healthy, but what isn't healthy is when that becomes my identity yeah. or my ego or a sense of worth or value for me. I mean, I think, you know, the story of the prodigal son, which is in Luke 15 of the New Testament, you know, God reveals himself as he's asked, why do you hang out with such bad people? He's like, well, you don't get me then. And he tells these three parables ending with the last one with a father and two sons. And it's become popularized and notarized and all that. But it is an amazing thing to watch the father in this parable, which reveals the heart and mm -hmm. character of God. Um, when, when the youngest son is wasteful, deeply and terribly wasteful with his inheritance and goes and wastes it in what seems to be a pretty short period of time where the older son stays at home and is busy and diligent in the, the family business, so to speak. And yet when the younger son returns home, having wasted everything, literally lived selfish and wasteful, the father does not um, rebuke him. He embraces him and loves him. And that to me speaks volumes about how the father, mm. his identity and worth is not in what his kids do with their inheritance. It's the fact that this is their kid and they love him. And uh, God is incredible at challenging us, correcting us, but um, he's very gracious and loving and his love never ends and never stops. And I think it's a sad day, you know, as you move into a chapter of adult children where you start to punish emotionally, mentally, financially kids who um, have maybe not always made the best decision. I think those are those are scary moments where you've got to check yourself. Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for them? That's such a crazy thought that I've never thought of before that in the story of the the prodigal son or actually like the lost sons yeah. because actually both, two sons. Yeah. both sons were lost yeah one was lost in the home the other was lost well, outside so. of the home but um that the father never stopped to consider is what are the servants thinking mm. of the fact that i am blessing my son who just came home what are my friends what are the peers thinking who i'm inviting to this party to celebrate well, so. his return like, that he just that did wasn't it. that wasn't even nope. a thought that's pretty, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. Speaking of finances, Shells, who are speaking of finances? Yeah, you, wait, did, you did a little bit. 
I am going to read you a stat and I want you to guess the number. Okay. Okay, in, in the United, a, a study was done in 2018. This is okay. reported in the USA Today. Study was done by Merrill Lynch, the, the, the finance company. Okay. 2018, what percentage of kids ages 22, so post-college, ages 22 to 40, which is a wide range, but. Hmm. Kids? Yeah. I like right? this stat. Right? I'm <laughs> just out of kidhood at 45. I think, well, adult children or whatever. Like, oh, okay, okay. What percent of that age group do you think are still financially supported by their parents between the ages of 22 and 40? 21%. What makes you think that would be the number? Why 21? Because yeah. it's more interesting than 20. But I obviously just think 20%. Um, I don't know. My my life experience at this point yeah, you're, is thinking like there's a there's a pretty there's a solid number, but I would think twenty is still like twenty five percent, one fourth. I don't know. Yeah, I, I probably would have gone with twenty five. Okay, you know, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so very similar. Right in there. Yeah, yeah very similar guess. Yeah, yeah, maybe one in five, one in four. Exactly. That seems right. Yeah. This number is going to blow your mind. What? Yes. Sixty five percent. You are sitting here telling me. That the ages of 22 to 40, 65% in what country? The United States of America, the one that you and I reside in. Wait for it. It gets, it gets even, the, the, the number. This can... is what's wrong with the economy. Like doing that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means, actually. I'm not an economist. This is why we're having struggles in, like, I, I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to This say. is why people are in debt. Actually, I just like when, be. like, really incredibly smart people on podcasts are like, and that's the reason the economy struggles. And I'm like, it is? Why? Why is that? Wow. If we all knew the reason the economy struggled, that'd yeah, be amazing. Like, wow, we could all fix it's it. It's that simple? Okay, great. Okay. Okay. Out of those 65%, so the kids aged 22 to 40 who yeah. are being supported by their parents still, which a 40 year old, 40? these are like parents, 40? these are parents who are retired, right? When you're 40, your parents are 65, 70. Okay. Wait for it. Guess how much the average a month. How'd you get these numbers? You know, I already told you, you USA source. Today 2018 survey by Merrill Lynch. Oh yeah, you did. Sorry. sorry. I, 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 I cite my source. Yes, you do. Guess what the average amount of money per month is that these parents support, support? these children. Don't tell me it's more than 5000 a month. Oh, no. That would be insane. <laughs> <I> mean, oh. <laughs> that got Wes. <laughs> why was everyone laughing? Like, I actually don't know why everyone's laughing. <laughs> oh. I just thought, I don't know. That's where my mind was. I was like, I guess we're just getting crazy. So I guess they're paying them salaries right yeah. okay is a thousand a month because five thousand dollars a month is a very amazing salary it's a great salary yeah, yeah. that's why i just i mean we're dealing with 60 some percent here bear with yeah. me 60, the really average is 65 percent. We i mean it's so it's 718 dollars a month which okay that's really small compared compared to five thousand i guess yeah, but i was but, being outrageous yeah but and that's wow. per kid by the way you think of families who have two or three like it that absolutely has blown my mind. Does that make you feel better about our son's exorbitant car insurance rates? Yes, you shouldn't say that on camera, but um, it also is like, if they're getting coffee at Starbucks every day, I actually wanna die. That's a terrible thing to say. I mean, I just wanna, like, that's, I just hope none of those, 
As I say, children, that's not an accurate statement. Yeah, Any of those, those young adults in this country are going to Starbucks to get like a, a venti because that that's like that's like nine dollars. So I hope right, like <laughs> I'm gonna hope that's going to like really good like food and stuff. Or like invest I yeah, I don't I don't know, student loan repayment. I don't I mean I, and not trying to judge parents who do that. Oh my god, not at all. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're 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 talking generalities here, sixty five percent. Like there's extenuating circumstances. Who are we? Also I mean, fascinating. My goodness, a third. we're very much still helping support our children. I mean, yeah, he lives, I, I, as I mentioned, we still pay his yeah. shampoo. Hey, we buy, pay a lot more than 700 bucks a month. Yeah, we still buy his shampoo and body wash. So interesting, I was talking to my mom recently and she was telling me, I think she she was born in 1951. So she would have graduated high school in 68 or 69, yep. 1968, She said when she graduated, it was just, you graduated, you just moved out. Like it wasn't even an option to even live at home anymore when you were 18. For, for my mom and her, whoa, and her and my dad said the same thing. Like it Shout was just out to the sixties, right? I mean, it was. Wow. I, I think rent, is that why everyone went to Woodstock or <laughs> probably? You know, I think like, I think yeah, rent was also a lot cheaper back then. So my mom moved from Spokane, Washington to Portland, Oregon to go. <laughs> Sorry, live with her, her hair. Uh, yeah. to go live with her sister and met my dad. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it worked out, but yeah, yeah. Whoa, another interesting stat, and this is where I find it fascinating. You are full of interesting stats. I am a third of those parents who still who support their children, yeah. ages twenty-two to forty. They say their support of their children puts them at financial duress, puts them in financial duress to support their kids. Oh, tell me that. Tell me the number again. A third, so thirty-three percent, so thirty-three out of oh, every one hundred. That seven hundred dollars is hurting them. Yeah, seven hundred dollars is a, a month. They're really significant. So, I, wow, I, a lot of love. It, it's a lot of. Something. At the same time, I'm like, do it. Like, go be you. Love your kids. It's all good. I get it. I actually get it. I'm just surprised. And there's so the many numbers. unique, extenuating circumstances that are. Numbers are so hard because they don't tell stories of individuals. And I'm sure if we heard most of these individual stories, we'd be like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd do that too for my kid. <laughs> right, right. At the same time, I don't want to. I love my kids. I don't want them to create financial duress and distress for me yeah. when they're the ages between the ages of 22 and 40. How do we give our kids This support? episode is far more relevant than I realized. That's right. all I got to say. <laughs> How, Holy goodness. Right. How do we give our kids support and protection to the extent that they aren't unnecessarily hurt and pained while at the same time not enabling them to live off of us or to use us as a crutch yeah. or I don't know. Um, I don't even know what I'm asking, but just love to hear your thoughts on, I don't want to end up there. And maybe some parents do, and I don't want to judge them for that. Yeah. It's not a biblical precedent. This is us, you and I talking as parents, but what are we going to do now so that we don't end up there? Yeah. I mean, again, uh, you know, it's gotta be said, it's probably been said enough, but you know, if there are reasons, um, you know, people need $700 a month from their parents, it literally could be treatment and could be uh, addiction and disease and challenges. And so, you know, I mean, there's so many things that you and I are deeply empathetic around. And, Absolutely. And 
just any kind of hardship. You never know. People go through divorce and suddenly they don't have any income and they're trying to help their kids and pay for their kids and they got to go to their parents and say, hey, can you help your grandkids? And so, look, mm-hmm. you're given $700 so that your grandkids can have food and stuff. I, I'd do that in a heartbeat. So yeah. statistics can be so misleading. Exactly, and they can and, be And, and yet so the number is still, I would imagine for most people listening, staggering um, and surprising. But I think it speaks to probably the impetus around this episode, which is like, man, are we are we developing um, our our children um, to be contributing citizens, to be the kind of individuals who um, want to get in the mix and be diligent and be consistent and be faithful, um, be be true to themselves. You know, uh, there's a level of fulfillment that comes with responsibility. Uh, I'm a big proponent when you look at the kind of the original storyline of the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament in the Garden of Eden. Uh, I like to call them kind of the four elements of a healthy soul, right? You need rest, you need relationship, you need restriction, but you need responsibility. Yep. And all of those things are blessings. Rest is a blessing. Relationships, yep. such a blessing. Restriction, necessary no. Saying no to things you could say yes to, but you're just saying no. I, I don't need that. That's, a, that's not going to serve. They're a me. gift from God. An extra to us. slice of cake. Yep. I must go ahead and say no. But then responsibility, which is like you take on a level of responsibility that you follow through with. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am not. Chelsea and I are not like the big like work hard, earn it, deserve it, pull your bootstraps up. Like that's that's not our messaging. That's not even the gospel of grace and what we believe. So much of what we do, we don't yeah. deserve at all. Yeah. Right? I don't deserve to wake up in the morning. But responsibility isn't about responsibility. It's not about hard work. It's not about hard work. It's about ultimately what I'm talking about is what's good for your soul. And I think as a parent wanting to raise adults is that 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 area of responsibility you know uh, teaching your young your young people mm-hmm. your young adults in your family like hey get rest margin over millions um i i boundaries over billions like that's that those are some of my mentalities i want to teach that right but i want to teach them also to to say no necessary no i want to teach them how important people are they're the most important relationship 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 over everything but let's not neglect that Adam and Eve were set in the garden and they were called to tend yeah. the garden. They were called to work. They were given a responsibility. Work was a blessing. Yep. This was before, theologically, before there was sin. Before so there was everything sin. That's was right. in the perfect paradise. state, perfect Euphoria. paradise of humanity. Yep. There was work. Genesis 1, Genesis 2. Yep. Yeah, huge. And and I think that's a big deal to us, teaching our children that, hey, this this following through with your responsibility, it's not because like you need the money. You need to be a hard worker. Well, sure, those things are fine and practical, but like, hey, this will be good for your soul. Mm. Actually, good for your soul. Like, you will, your mental health will improve. Scientifically, it's proven. Yeah. When you sure. follow through. And what we are saying when we say responsibility is teaching that little truth that says when you, on a regular basis, do what you don't feel like doing, yep. just this little nugget something happens to your brain and your body. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very, very beneficial. I do think one of the drivers and motivators for responsibility is consequences. Yeah, Is I agree. If I don't show up for work, I'm going to get fired. Yeah. If I get fired, I'm not going to be able to pay rent. If I can't pay rent, I'm not going to have a place to live. Yeah. And obviously those went to very extreme eat. consequences. 
as we're having this conversation, I'm feeling so compelled as a mom of a 19 year old to make sure that I am not unnecessarily protecting him from consequences of his own actions. Mm. That part of the letting go isn't just, okay, you don't have to show up for family dinner. Okay, yeah, you're on your own for Thanksgiving. Part of the letting go is me being a mediator between him and the natural consequences of the decisions that he's going to make in life. Yeah. That, um, yes, like I want to have a whole conversation about it offline between me and you about our son. How, what is our plan for making sure he is feeling the consequences of his actions? That he's either getting the positive consequences or the negative Parents can try to protect from both, but... Which, of course, philosophically, I could argue that all consequences are positive. Um, yeah, you, that's you, a great You point. burn your hand on a stove, that's a negative, is it? Because if you leave your hand on that stove and you don't feel pain, you're going to leave your hand on that stove and not have a hand. Have you ever read stories of children, there is a disease where you yes. can't feel pain? Very few. It's a very rare There's disease. nothing positive about but that. But I don't think anybody's lived past the age of early 20s who has the disease where they can't feel pain because pain actually is a protector. It's a preserver. And, yeah. who there's a thought. I, as parents in this stage, are we trying to protect him from pain in a way that, that he's will not serve learning him. from? Pain that, pain that will serve him. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so hard because you love those babies. You don't want that at so all. So much, and you don't want it. But in a lot of ways, it can be the most loving thing yeah that we can do i agree i totally agree how would you say faith both for us and for him has played a role in this season of parenting in this new chapter well i mean i think it's the ultimate cheat and what i mean by that is like i i believe in 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 sovereignty mm-hmm. and sovereignty starts with god gave us a firstborn son then he gave us a secondborn son then he gave us a baby girl and um, nobody can claim credit for the maturation of a human in a woman's womb. I mean, that is a mm-hmm. mystery. It's magical. It's mystical. It's incredible. Um, and it's so divine and sovereign. And we've been given, you know, our firstborn son was a preemie. <laughs> and uh, spent the first two weeks of his life in a little incubator in oh, the NICU buddy, the hospital. It was wild. Those, oh. Oh. And okay, and sorry, I know. It's so hard not to still see your kids that way. Yeah. Like I, I think about it, I go there, it feels like yesterday. It's hard to imagine him as this adult now suffering the consequences of his own poor decisions if he makes them. Like I still want to protect that baby. So sorry, that just, you said that, it just brought up a wave of emotions for sure. And I think that's where you and I, if we're really honest, what informs us on a daily basis is this idea that like, um, God has a father and he is mm-hmm. eternal and he is all knowing, all powerful. Do you say um, that God has a father? Zion has a father. Oh, okay. You said God has a father. Oh, I was, did I? Yeah. I oh. was like, well, yeah, Jesus had a father, but yeah, then yeah, when no, you're no, born, Zion, okay. Zion has a yep. heavenly father who is God, uh, who made him, you know, I, I love how like, let's make a baby together. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know how to make babies. I know oh. how to have sex, but like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's so like, it's a, it's a really big quantum leap for us as humans to walk around talking about, yeah, we made a couple babies. Did you bro? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, so we, we use those terms loosely, but ultimately there is a, there is a father of us all and Zion's relationship with him is most important. He's sovereign. He's divine. He's guiding our son. He's watching over him at night. Yeah. He's guiding him through his days. And so, the idea of is our faith an advantage is 
somewhat laughable. It's kind of a laughable question to me because that's like um, gravity. You know, mm-hmm. how how involved is gravity in your daily life? It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of everything, you know, in, in a way. And there's the God of gravity. So how important is, is he? And, 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 and what role does he play? I would say everything, all the time, everywhere. Like without him, there is no life. And so as it pertains to parenting adult children or ch- children at all, there is this um, today in my bathtub, as I do most mornings, just saying, oh, God, be with Zion and Elliot and Grace and keep them and watch over them. And that's, that's, that's me every day going, these are your kids. I know I'm a temporary steward. I know they kind of look like me, but you made them and you called them and you gifted them and uh, you gave them talent. And so I, I give them to you again and I ultimately trust you with them. So there's a relief there. Mm-hmm. There's not a, I'm not trying to um, duck responsibility but I am trying to honor the sovereignty that is very overt to me in this whole process. Yeah, to me, I think of it like truly handing them over to God, as cheesy yeah. as that sounds. That's but right. like you said, Zion does have a dad. and He's not just you, but he has a eternal heavenly father That's who right. is God in heaven. And in those moments of letting go of control, of letting go of my giving my opinions to my son, of letting go of, it's every time, I don't just see that as releasing I literally see that. I picture it in my mind. I can't tell you how often I do that as a God. I'm handing this over to you. Wow. Yeah. So for me, it hasn't been just a letting go of responsibility and just like, but a releasing it of God, I'm giving this to you and you are taking care of your son. And what's that scripture? God of Israel never sleeps. He never slumbers Mm -hmm. that God's always watching over him. He's always, you know, that, and it's not a releasing as much as it is a giving it to God. And that has helped me so much. I think the other thing that I wanted to say before we conclude in prayer is thinking back to those 65% of parents who spend $718 a month on their adult children still in this country. I wonder how much of that is guilt driven, to be honest, of like you started the episode off with, this is the season where we realize the mistakes we made as parents. And that is challenging. Oh my God, it's just it's compensation. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's sobering. Would maybe be a better bit be a better yeah, word, a for word for it. And I wonder if there is a continued weight of responsibility of as parents of adult children thinking, well, now I have to make up for the wrongs, for the things I did wrong when they were kids. And I'm saying this because at the season we're at, I'm telling myself not <laughs> to do this, but. Being able to let go of the mistakes that we made in regards to our children, in regards to Zion specifically, because we have not been perfect. That takes faith. To me, that takes a relationship with a God who is forgiving me, who knows forgiveness, who is bigger and more powerful than my wrongs. And that requirement of faith for me is really significant. Yeah, there's that... um letting go that you're talking about that comes with that like god i i'm gonna trust you with my with my successes with my kids but i'm gonna trust you with the things that i i just didn't do i didn't follow through i didn't make sure that that was clear i didn't uh you know I, i mean it gets down to evenings where you're just tired as a parent um i think most of the things we miss as parents is because we're tired (laughs) I'm serious. And every parent's tired. And I think I think parents think, oh, I must be some horrible, difficult, challenging, 
and even I think, you know, I think of parents who use substances and, you know, maybe their kids are going to grow up and be like, ah, my dad was always drinking or my mom was always smoking. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, people are doing the best they know how and they're tired and that gives them a little, you know, jolt of excitement or whatever. And maybe kids grow up and think like, ah, I don't you know, my, I realized my dad was drinking. It's like, well, you know, being an adult isn't easy and raising yeah. kids isn't easy. Yeah. And so we have a, a long, long runway of empathy there. But I, I, I agree. The, the advantage of, of trusting God with your kids is um, hard to put into words. It's a, it, it is a release. It is a freedom. It is a trust. It is a handing over. Um, but, you know, between me and you, like, I go to God, not just a hand, like, God, I trust you with my kids, but I, I trust you with what I didn't do for them. Yeah. I trust you with what I wasn't able to yeah. follow through on. I really trust you with that. And, and um, in a way, we're trying to remind our kids that that is ultimately, um, you know, as, as, as our kids are becoming young adults, we're, you know, we're telling them, hey, you know, we're, there's going to be lots of things you're going to be like, yo, why didn't we do that? I've told them you I'll know? pay for their counseling. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe right. That will that's put, we, yeah. Maybe that'll put me in the 65% of parents. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Financially if we pay for their kids. counseling, we are definitely in the 65%. <laughs> I was like, hey, I know I haven't been a perfect Counseling mom. these days oh, is so expensive. Right, yeah, I'll pay for therapy. Well, that's, I would love to close in, in prayer for ourselves, for parents, for kids. It's a, Love to. Uh, there's something to me about beginnings and endings that matter. Yeah. And they're significant. And yeah, praying that this, this goes right. Pray. You you pray about me, Jane. You pray. Okay. I'm such a good mom. Oh, I, I do love being a mom. It is my favorite thing. I I love so much of what I get to do, but being a mom is my favorite. I think that's where some of the emotions come from. I think you meant to say being a wife is your favorite, but I understand what (laughs) you mean. It's different, but yeah. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you so much that for everybody listening, for us, that these children in this season who are becoming adults, God, that they really are yours. Mm. They are your sons. They are your daughters. Before they were ever ours, they were truly yours. Yes, God. God, I pray for ourselves, for everybody listening, Lord, that we would actually have enough faith and trust in you that we could appropriately let go of our children as they become adults, that you would give us wisdom, you would give us strategies, you would give us creative thoughts, but Lord, that you would help us to truly hand our kids over to you, knowing that you don't sleep, you don't slumber, you are watching over them, you are protecting them, you are keeping them safe, you are real to them. And God, I pray for any parents right now who are fighting and struggling with guilt for things that we know we did wrong while we were parents. Jesus, I pray that you would come right now in these moments. And if we haven't asked for forgiveness from you or from forgiveness from our children, if we need to, I pray that you would lead us and prompt us that we would be willing to humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness. But then, Lord, I pray that you would help us to let that go. And God, I pray that in those moments of forgiveness, you would help us to forgive ourselves for our shortcomings as parents. And Jesus, we can only do that in the light of how much you love us. So Lord, reveal to us your love. Show us how powerful you are. Show us your significance so that we can truly let go and see our kids flourish in a whole new season of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.